G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and thanks for joining me today where we're going to deep dive into what low property management fees really cost investors. And it's not so obvious on the outside because the majority of investors that are frustrated and moving to us each month come with a lot of assumptions that we're all the same and they don't actually know what is worth paying for. And, you know, once they've experienced bad service, they're a lot more willing to pay that little bit extra and make an investment in a service that's going to improve their returns and give them peace of mind. And that's exactly what we do on our property management side. So, wanted to pull back the hood and run through all the aspects of this one. It's going to be a good one. Let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. G'day, Dwayne. It's been a while. Thanks for coming back on the show. My pleasure, Jared. Thanks for having me again. So for those investors that haven't yet experienced bad service with their property manager, what does it typically look like and how does it feel? Because you get to meet all of our prospective new clients and get really um, coalface with what they're going through and why they're coming to us. So I wanted to pick your brain as to what are those main um experiences of bad service yeah thanks for asking jared there's actually two parts to this i think the first is what does it look like and how do they feel and what it looks like really is that there's no communication properties are usually quite trash they're not looked after and you end up with a lot of i guess hidden expenses inspections not done properly repainting the properties required the list just goes on i can't even I couldn't list it all today for you. I think the worst one I've seen has been um, concrete poured down the toilet. It was obviously quite malicious by the tenant. And that does come back to the property manager screening the tenants, quality tenants need to go in. How does it make investor feel? Well, needless to say, they're pretty stressed out. They're pretty worried. They're just about to get out of investing in property altogether in some instances. Um, and they're just about to throw their hands up and, and give it all away. So, yeah, it's something that's not very nice to speak to clients about, but we often turn that around quite rapidly as well. Hmm. Yeah, it can be a lot of sleepless nights and stress and just wondering if it's all worth it. I guess that's why they get me to do a sale appraisal at the same time often. (laughs) (laughs) So we all know that in most things in life that you get what you pay for. So why is it then that some investors focus on choosing a property manager with the lowest fees? Any ideas around that? You'd have to have some uh, insights here. Yeah, come up uh, across a few items that pop up quite regularly, I guess. Uh, The first is that they assume that all property managers are the same regarding the inspections, regarding how they place tenants. You just collect the rent, you place the tenant, you do your maintenance and... You know, how much much different can it be? Yeah, um, you know, that is an assumption that a lot of people make, but I think that's not necessarily the right assumption to make because just for example, even with the most basic thing like a routine inspection, you know, we've still seen people use paper and tick boxes and it's a one-page A4 tick box, you know, carbon copy style routine inspection. And, you know, you're paying for that, whatever price you're paying for that, I just don't think you should be paying at all for that. 
you know, really the routine inspections of quality that we provide, we're looking at 20 to 30 pages worth of documentations, colour photos, you know, really try to present that information across and have something to go back to if there's any discrepancies with that tenant. So, you know, assuming that every part of the service is the same, probably not the right thing to do, really deep dive into the quality, what are you looking at, the inspections, you know, how do you place tenants, those things are really important as well. So that's one thing that I do get a little bit of when it comes to clients comparing property managers, and it's about opening their eyes up and seeing how different agencies will actually work under the hood. Hmm. Well, I guess a lot of people have had nothing but bad ones, so they come to the conclusion that they might as well pay as little as possible. Do you think that you see that as being pretty common, Kate? Yeah, I have. And, you know, these guys generally jump from a low fee agent to another low fee agent, you know, time and time again until they hit that brick wall and think, look, I've got to try something different because doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is some people's definition of insanity. I think it was um, Albert so- Einstein, uh, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty smart, pretty smart guy. So, yeah, so I think once they've had a couple of low-cost managers operating poorly, you know, they do reach out and have that conversation and they do find that there is a difference and you get what you pay for, like you mentioned a little bit earlier. Mm. It's funny. I mean, I see people on our Perth Property Investment Facebook group saying, um, has anyone got any property manager suggestions looking for low fees? And then in the comments, they're like, oh, chasing low fees, I've had to change two or three times. And they've in, in their history, they've mentioned how many times they're changing. It, it seems incongruent that they're trying to get quality management from a low fee. And that seems obvious to me from the outside. But, yep, keep repeating that mistake until it hits home, I guess. But yeah, sometimes other- it's not just about the fee, right, Jared? Sometimes you're looking at, you know, the actual cost of the damaged property and that you know, stress that someone's going through. And like I said, many times they've reached out thinking this is going to be their last chance with an, a property manager and if it doesn't work they're selling and they're moving into shares or into another investment vehicle so um yeah i think you really need to make sure that you pick that right manager and look under the hood and make sure that you've got the right one on your team so when people focus on just the expense and want you to send across a management authority or a fee structure how are they even able to decide what they're getting for the service that's the the challenge i see a lot of other investors you know just looking at the one side the expense not what they're getting and actually going deeper to see well that's precisely why we have those conversations and educate a lot of clients around that and this refers back to the first point i was mentioning that you know they are looking at everyone does a routine inspection so why do you charge ten dollars more or you know why do they charge ten dollars more we really need to go into the nitty-gritty look at those example reports you know understand how those processes work in order to focus on the outcomes not just the expense in that case you're really only looking at half the equation you know if you paid peanuts and you get a horrible service that's still not what most investors want, you know. So mm. you've got to look at both sides of the equation, service and the expense to make sure that you're picking someone that's valuable to you. Mm. And it's funny because the overall cheapest cost for you may actually be a more expensive fee that just returns you more and, you know, saves you hassles and improves your return. And so that's what you find out when you see what you get for the fee. Yeah, well, precisely. Even, you know, if you look at someone's vacancy rate on their portfolio, for example, we've got a 0% vacancy rate at the moment on ours. 
even if someone's got a 1% vacancy rate on their portfolio, how that equates to a client essentially is half a week's worth of rent, right? So there's 52 weeks in a year. Every week generates 2% of your return. If there's a 1% vacancy rate, you know, you're losing half a week of rent. I might have worked that a little bit fast there, Jared. <laughs> um, but essentially, you know, if your property's worth $700 a week, 1% vacancy to you would look like, you know, what, 350, 50 bucks. So, you know, if we were to able, we were able to minimize that vacancy rate and have a 0% vacancy rate, you know, we'd save $350 on that particular property for that particular client, earning them that extra little bit of revenue. Hmm. And I guess when you negotiate and upbid the, the rent and create competition among the tenants to begin with and get, you know, an extra 40 or 50 bucks a week and, you know, there's an extra two and a half grand a year and your property managers paid for themselves. And then you yeah, troubleshoot your I maintenance mean, and, you know, do some other things to keep costs down and don't let all the costs build up and have, you know, a risk of recovering them at the end of the tenancy, then you've well and truly paid for yourself as well. There's so many ways that a good property manager can pay for themselves that people don't realise until they've had the, the hard end of the stick. <laughs> yeah, And then they're right. like, what am I paying for? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And look, I've had a couple of um, clients recently join us and, you know, the one thing they really loved was our pricing from strategy. So, you know, if a property we believe is going to fetch $500 a week, we price it from. And when we're standing at the front door, you know, alluding back to a previous podcast we spoke about, we'd loudly, you know, speak to one of the tenants saying, what are you going to apply for? You know, they'll say $500 a week. That's what you marketed it for. Well, it's from 500. So put your best foot forward. You can see there's 16 other tenants in here. They're all serious about taking this property on. We just don't want you to miss out. And, you know, even in that case, even if it's an extra $10 a week, we're looking at another 520 bucks worth of revenue for a client. Exactly. And all the small things add up, and that's where we can really make the difference for, for an investor. So what are the kind of things that are worth paying for? Because I think that leads into all of this. When someone thinks everyone's the same, when someone doesn't understand what is worth paying for and the, you know, the other side of what they're getting, that's where you know they, it's hard to decide. It's hard to, to discern. They're worried about overpaying for something. Yeah, precisely. There's a couple of dot points that I think um, are really important. What The most important, I think, is having really, really highly experienced property managers on your team. They've seen it before. They know what to do in different scenarios. And, you know, having that group um, of property managers that we work with, all highly experienced as well, they can bounce ideas from one another, understanding the different outcomes that has uh, arisen from different scenarios as well. So having that highly experienced property manager, you know, they know how to handle those things and Get the best outcome for those clients. What do we? So, average, Jared. How long has our property managers been in the industry for now? I think minimum seven years industry experience among all of the eight managers. So it just you know helps so much in the day to day of giving people peace of mind when a property manager can not only uh, troubleshoot things as they occur, they can prevent them from occurring in the first place. That's probably one of the biggest points there. Mm. Oh, 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I just love working with highly experienced people because then I don't need to get into micromanaging them. <laughs> yes. Let them do their thing, give them the support that they need when they need it and get again and get great outcomes for our clients. So, so what are some of the other factors that are worth paying for? I think um, a smaller portfolio size is really important as well. You know, if you've got a client, oh, sorry, you're a client of a property manager who has 
200 plus properties that they're managing for, it's very difficult for them to actually know your property, know who you are, and deliver a personalized level of service to get the best outcome for you. What does a small portfolio size look like? Well, it really goes back to the structure of the entire property management business, I believe. You know, if you've got assistants and you've got, you know, administration staff that can help with some of the more laborious tasks like data entry, a property manager may be able to manage a few more properties. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but in Perth, I think they're averaging between 120 to 150 properties per manager. But if you can get that a little bit lower, then obviously you're going to be getting a bit more of a direct hands-on service as well. Yeah, and there's many factors that come into that, like some of the other things we'll discuss here. And it's not just a simple question and simple answer. So it's a guidepost, but it's not the only thing. And I think more important is the structure of how you set up to get personalized service. So our property managers do their leasing as well as the day-to-day management. And so they get to choose their own tenants. They're dealing with the consequences if they choose a wrong tenant. It's seamless because they know everything to the one point of contact with the owner so there's no confusion about who's this person calling me oh it's john no it's mary no it's uh, sally do any of them know what's going on with my actual property have any of them been to my property that's the experiences i had previously when you've got a team of people all managing a much larger number of properties and then the geographical area that they're working over is important to feed into that and that's why our team work from home and you know live within a close radius of what the properties they manage so hey if you need to go drive past and check that the grass is mowed because you told the tenant the other week you can do that on your way to the shops it's not a big deal so that that comes into the efficiency aspect and the knowing of the areas too what are some of the other important ones Duane? I think a lot of people do this without even thinking or realizing it but looking at awards and reviews um, online, you know, jumping on Google and seeing how many reviews and should I say positive five-star reviews <laughs> a company is getting, you know, that's probably a good indication that if people are prepared to go out and speak positively of that company and that agency that they're going to be good at what they do. You should really look at both sides of that equation, you know, particularly for property management, you know, look for a company that specialises in property management, you know, not getting all the great five-star sales reviews for the sales branch of that yeah, that's company, but looking at the property problem. management reviews from the landlords, the tenants to see if there's, you know, any correlation between that and what they're promising you and their services. And in time with that, I think property awards as well, you know, seeing if they've won any industry awards, been nominated for any awards speaks volumes, you know, that they're at the cutting edge, the leading edge of the industry. Hmm. Yeah, very important ones. Just add yeah. to the overall, you know, trust factor and know that they meet back up their promises. And that probably brings me to guarantees because that a lot of people make a lot of promises, don't they? And they don't seem to have um, any consequences or anything else if they don't meet those promises. Yeah, I've seen a couple of websites um, that promise that they'll call you back in the same day. And that's pretty much where their promise starts and stops. Whereas, for example, one of our guarantees, as many listeners may already know, is that we'll call our clients back in the same business day or we pay them $100. You know, that's a a real guarantee, a real tangible guarantee, and it really keeps our property managers on our toes. But it also means for the client that if they've got a query, they're going to get an answer back same day or, you know, they get a nice little $100 bill, you know. (laughs) So I think it's uh, good to have those sorts of guarantees. And, um, you know, we've got four guarantees that we offer to our clients 
uh, on the upfront and the continual management of the services. And you can find out more on our website and we can go into those a bit yeah. deeper if you like today, Jared. Yeah, no, we don't need to go into them, but it's really just looking at the most important things to an investor, which is a quality tenant and that ridiculously responsive side. We also have a quality tenant quickly, so we want to rent the property quickly. And that's more important, especially when the market's down. We're not just here for the good times. We're here, we're here to perform in the bad times as well. And then the final one, we just wrap around everything, which is exceptional service so that people can be sure that they're, um, that's the catch-all if you're ever upset. So when it comes to one of the other core distinctions, I think, that our managers and overall team have is that investment mindset. So what sort of difference does that make? And what, what does that even mean, Dwayne? I think this is something that at the forefront of what we do when I'm speaking with clients uh, initially, it's something that I guess blows a lot of our clients away. It's because normally they go and speak with a property manager, they'll give them a rental appraisal and they'll start the marketing campaign and talk about how they find a tenant. But, you know, I, I guess anyone investing in property is looking at a bigger goal, a larger goal, creating wealth, creating equity, you know, creating some sort of financial future for themselves. And, you know, we're, very much of the same breed, I guess. You know, I'm looking at how to do that for myself as well. So I've just come from a, uh, a meeting with a client today who has a little bit of money behind him and, you know, he's not sure what his next move is. And we never even thought we'd be discussing what, you know, his property plans are looking like and how we can help him purchase the next property and how we can help him, you know, create that property portfolio. But, you know, talking subdivision development, understanding what he actually wants to achieve, we were able to not just do that property management side, but also give him some support around his whole investment, property investment journey. But more specific to property management, I guess, you know, if you're a property investor and a tenant calls with a hot water issue, they, the tenant says, I've got no hot water. I mean, that's the symptom. That's not necessarily what the problem is. As a property manager, traditionally, they'll call the plumber or they'll call the owner for, you know, feedback and say, can I get a plumber to site? It's an emergency. Can we get this done now? But what we do as a property investor and as a property manager um, as well is we'll speak to the tenants first and troubleshoot that with them and ask them the questions like, you know, is your pilot light on? Oh, you don't know what that is? FaceTime me, let's go outside and get that reignited for you. And by having that investment mindset, looking at the bigger picture, troubleshooting those issues that pop up during the tenancy as an investor would, it actually saves our clients a lot of money uh, over the journey of investment with us. Hmm. Yeah, good one. Certainly something I could never find in property managers when I was looking around and why I was inspired to create something different with Investor's Edge. So we've covered a lot of things today, but I guess what's worth noting is that all of these things cost the agency a lot to deliver at that higher standard and I guess translate through to a higher level of cost to the client. Is there any getting away from that, Dwayne? I don't think there is. I mean, in this world, you get what you pay for. And we say that time and time again, you know. Um, and I think if you're looking at getting a high quality service, which can guarantee that peace of mind, guarantee your property is being looked after, you're going to have to pay a little bit more to get that personalized service. And um, they're the clients that we end up working with that value that and actually want to have a stress free property investment journey. Um, and I think there is no way around, you know, paying a reasonable fee I guess for when a you say service. You get what you pay for. Well, that's true for the agency too. They're not going to attract amazing property managers with seven plus years experience each if they don't pay for it. And that's the lesson I've had to learn over my 15 mm -hmm. years in business. You know, if you get 
if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys too. <laughs> you might have even said that earlier in the episode with, with but it applies for, at the agency level. If you, if you don't invest in the systems and the technology that's going to enable your team to leverage to do things, then they're not going to, they're not going to be able to perform anywhere near as well either. And when you come up with these, you know, really tight guarantees and high service standards, trouble is that you then need you know, really great team to deliver on that and management and support and back-end admin and, you know, a management team that's that's looking after and giving the rest of the property managers support. And we also have a, a floating assistant, don't we, Dwayne, that does holiday coverage and just enables the property manager to take a break. So when they come back from leave, they're not coming into a mountain of emails and they can feel like they actually can have some downtime with their family. So that costs another thing too. If I wanted to um, really start cutting costs. There's lots of places to cut them. <laughs> yeah, but then that's going to sacrifice our and and affect our service. So ultimately, I'd then have to charge less, or it wouldn't be sustainable. So you get what you pay for. But if you're not getting that higher level of service and you are paying the extra, then it's definitely time to look at changing, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I'm here for your calls, guys. Well, the trouble with property management, and it's worth ending on this note, is that typical management authority, how long does it last, Strain? And and if you're stuck in it, it's often hard to get out, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think in Perth, we're averaging what I've seen anyway is a two-year contract term. And uh, most use the REWA standard form, which, you know, there is a way to get out of it, but, you know, it's a little bit finicky and you've got to issue notices to the agent and things like that. So just be careful. I guess if the service has been negligent or really bad, then most property managers will let that client out. But if it's just been humdrum and below average, but nothing, you know, really blatant or, you know, horrible, then you're probably going to be stuck for the, the full period and have to look at changing at the end. We get people finally... So, you know, setting the date in their diary and finally looking us up when the time comes. Oh, Jared, I've been listening to your podcast for, you know, two years now and I can finally get out of my, my management authority. <laughs> so it's nice when we finally get to um, work with people that have been looking forward to it for a while. Mm, exactly. Yeah, no, just watch out when you're signing those agreements. And, um, yeah, if you're not getting that service that you expect, then give us a call. Happy to have a chat. No worries. Well, thanks for joining me today, Drain. We probably just assume that everyone knows what as much as we know about property management and what low fees really cost you. But I think we've really pulled back the hood today and given people some much greater insight into what to what to actually pay for and what to be aware of. Thanks. Mate. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me again, Jared. And uh, yeah, catch you on the next one. Just a reminder: the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Mm -hmm.